Welcome to the Church Leadership Podcast, your weekly source for encouraging and equipping local church leaders with your hosts, Mark Ganey and Andy Frazier. In each episode, Andy and Mark sit down with church leaders that you should know. We believe these honest conversations will be helpful and encouraging to you as you lead the local church. Here is this week's episode. Welcome to episode number 122 of the Church Leadership Podcast. We're excited you are here for this episode. This episode is brought to you by our friends at Sanford MTI, affordable and accessible education. We'll tell you a little bit about that uh, in a bit. Today's episode is going to be an awesome conversation with Andy and I. We're continuing this series of what we didn't learn in seminary. Before we get there, though, I want to remind you to subscribe to our podcast. Whether you're listening on your favorite podcast listening app, hit the subscribe button. Or if you're watching on YouTube, hit the subscribe button. Click on that bell. We don't want you to miss a single episode. Our mission here at the podcast is to encourage and equip you to lead in the local church. And so that's what today's episode is going to do as well. So, Andy, I'm going to let you start this conversation about first impressions. Well, as Mark said earlier, we decided a while back that we wanted to discuss some things that maybe we didn't learn in seminary, but we wish we would have. Yes, absolutely. Uh, and one of those topics that we talked about, this a, a, a must-discuss topic, was first impressions. And here's simply what we mean by first impressions, if, if we're going to just kind of jump into this topic. It means, what does it look like to be a guest at your church? What are their first impressions? That's right. And how are you being intentional about ministering to those who are first-time guests at your gatherings on your campus. So that's what we're going to talk about. What, right. what, is that, what does that look like? How do we accommodate things in such a way to, to not be uh, seeker-friendly, but to be grace-filled and that's to right. be mindful of somebody who comes to visit your church? Yeah, because what I tell our people all the time, Andy, is that we want to create a very welcoming comfortable atmosphere so they can come and hear a dangerous message because the gospel's dangerous it's offensive but we want to create a welcoming atmosphere so that people enjoy coming right and 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 our our members and our regular attenders feel comfortable inviting others so first impressions is so vital and so key i wish they would cover this more in seminary because i really believe it is a a key component to being a disciple making church if you've visited more than one or two churches, you probably have had some good experiences and some not-so-good experiences. Right. Some of the things we laugh about, ministry experiences we've had over the years, talking with people like Daniel Edmonds, some of his great stories and some of our stories that we've had about visiting a church, even as uh, the, the guest who's there to preach or to present that day, it can be awkward as a first-time guest. That's right. And uh, what I've learned, a lot of churches will brand themselves as we are a warm and friendly and loving church. Well, that may be the case to each other. That's right. But how, to those inside. How are you in the way that you accommodate for and how you treat guests? So that's what we're going to talk about and discuss a few things. And I think the first thing that comes to my mind, Mark, when we talk about first impressions is the sermon doesn't start when the pastor walks up and lays his uh, Bible and notepad or iPad, however he chooses to preach on the pulpit, and begins to, uh, to share from God's Word, the sermon starts when a guest pulls into your campus's parking lot for the That's first right. time. So. That's right. I mean, you are preaching. You are proclaiming what you believe 
based on what they experience the minute they roll up. And I will tell you this, there's no such thing as too many people welcoming your newcomers. Well, there may be, but I haven't seen it yet. (laughs) I haven't seen it either. And in fact, I had a conversation today about... Uh, about churches uh, welcoming newcomers and and there was an issue of you know some people in their church left and went to another church and they were like why why you know that church isn't even preaching the Bible and and the gospel and they said well but they're so friendly they're so oh, welcoming wow. right and That's, so the sermon starts yeah. before they ever hear you preach the sermon and and I would even back up Andy and say really the sermon starts the moment they click on your website absolutely because they've already heard if not a real sermon they've heard what you believe and what you value lots of times before they ever show up physically yeah one thing that we've talked about recently uh, pre-covid the the phrase that we use a lot and now in the middle of covid pre-covid The statistics we saw were 85 plus percent of people who visit your church have already done so online. They've already looked at your social media accounts, your website. They've already viewed your worship services. Uh, I think since COVID has happened, that has probably reached pretty close to 100%. Pretty pretty close to 100. Probably as statistically close to 100 as you can get without being 100. I think we've talked about this also. The last several weeks, both of us have had guests in the churches that we serve at who have come up to us, and one of the first things they've let us know, the reason we're here is because of your online presence. Right. We've visited your website. We've watched your services online, live. We've checked out your social media. So so pulling into the parking lot is now what used to be primary. is now secondary That's to right. them surfing the web and checking your online presence. That's right. But what we're finding out, what we've seen, what we try to, to really implement and be intentional about in our churches is be careful that the message that you're declaring of we love God and we love people and we do things with excellence, that that's what people are seeing when they look at your website or when they pull onto your campus. So that's if you've right. got a website that looks like somebody uh, is is updating it every three or four months, whether it needs it or not, from Windows 97, <laughs> you might want to, to rethink that. Or if they pull into your church's parking lot and it's hard to see the front door from the mm-hmm. weeds or your church sign hasn't changed since Easter, you know, you're, you're a making problem. a statement. You are making it, and think about that. I mean, I know it's hard, right? And we're going to talk about this in a minute, but you, you've really got to look at everything with fresh eyes, right? You, and I know that's hard if you've been there a long time, but you've got to think, okay, what would this website, what would our Facebook account, what would our parking lot, what would our front door communicate if I were new? Does it communicate that you want people there? Does it communicate that you do not care if anybody ever shows up? And, you know, because that's really what we communicate a lot of times. Listen, we're not perfect in this. So I was walking in my parking lot yesterday and I looked at our playground and I saw dead weeds in the playground. And I thought, oh my goodness. And immediately made a phone call because we've got to get that taken care of because that screams to guests, we don't care about your kids. Okay, we don't really care what the shape of our playground looks like. So if somebody shows up and they see see that, then why would they think that we would care about them? Yeah, you have to be careful about what kind of weeds you're growing in your <laughs> church's parking lot. Yeah, it may attract I mean, some yeah, people depending yeah. on the kind of weeds. But, uh, 
But I mean, it's important to 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 think through things with a fresh set of eyes. Yeah. So have somebody that's not a member of your church come and do a walkthrough and just give you a, a a perspective from the moment that they click on your website to checking out your social media accounts to pulling into your on your campus and your parking lot, walking through your front doors. Get perspective from somebody with a fresh set of eyes. It's kind of that whole cracked mirror syndrome. I mean, if you have a crack, small crack in your mirror and you see it every single day, after time, you forget it's there. But if somebody else walks up that's not seen the mirror before, that's going to be the first thing they notice. So there's going to be some cracks in our mirrors that we have in our churches whether it be in our website or whether it be in our parking lot or walking through our front doors. And and I think one of the best things we can do, backing up before we think about the website, before we think about the parking lot or the appearance, outside appearance of our church, is to pray. Mm. Make sure we have people and that we are regularly praying for people who are gathered with us on our campuses, whether it be for the first time or for the hundred and first time, that when they come, onto our campuses, when they click onto our services online, that they feel the presence of the Lord, that they hear the truth of God's Word, that they know beyond a shadow of a doubt that there's grace in Jesus Christ, and and He has come to give them abundant life and and the love that they're looking for. So that's what we need to be aware of. That's right. And everything else we're going to do is going to flow from that. That's right. And what would it look like if, if you or you had someone in your church or a group of people in your church pray over every seat or every pew, or, or over every page of your website or every person that clicks on the live service, well, you know, what would that do? I think that would totally transform the first impression as people walk on your campus. And one added thing, too, is we're talking about website. Um, it's always a good idea, I think, to have a plan your visit uh, option on your website. And, you know, you can give people a tour of your campus via video or pictures, and they can know what to expect when they show up. And then maybe they can even register to plan their visit. I know we do that at our church, and that's really helped people feel at ease, newcomers, when they show up on campus. Yeah, not everybody's going to do that, but just having that option for those. Uh, I mean, if if they do that, they should feel already like somebody cares about them. That's right. That they've made a place for them. and. That's what we try to communicate to our people in our churches is that if you invite somebody to, to come to church, make sure that they are your guests, that yes. they are there to be with you, to, that you make sure that they get in the front door, that they get their kids to where they need to go, that they have a seat waiting for them in the sanctuary when you worship. You know, So if you invite someone with you, make sure that they're not alone. That's I mean, right. Our, our, our red flag for us in our church is if somebody shows up to a service by themselves alone. That's... Urgency above all other cases in that moment. We immediately have somebody go and connect with them and make sure that they're not alone, that they know where the f- facilities are in the facility, that they know you know <laughs> where everything is, but they don't feel alone. Because generally, if somebody comes to a worship service by themselves, that's a pretty big deal. And that's a big to, deal. needs to have attention. And second to that is young families with young mm, kids. That's so. right. And, and, you know, it may look different in your context, you know, what, what's your priority and what are those red flags for you or those flags saying, okay, we need to pay attention to these people. Um, I will say this, kind of overarching big picture stuff. So you may be thinking at this point, um, well, man, you know, I thought worship services were for believers, right? I, I mean, yeah, we need to be welcoming, but why are we putting so much emphasis on this? Well, look, I heard it said like this just a couple weeks ago. If, if you have, you know, your family, right? Your family has a dinner at the house, you know, maybe you guys are using styrofoam cups and paper plates. That's fine, right? It's just you. 
It's just your family. Well, to me, that's kind of like Wednesday nights maybe, or, or if your church has Sunday nights, that's family, right? But we're supposed to have guests, and we're supposed to have newcomers on, on Sundays because we're, we're wanting people to come to the kingdom. We want to mm-hmm. share the gospel. So if you invite people over for dinner at your house, I bet you don't use paper plates. I bet you bring out at least, maybe not the fine china, but at least the glass plates, right, and the glass cups. And so you go out of your way a little bit create that first impression at home. That's exactly what we're talking about. Go out of your way to, to think about people outside the kingdom of God and how we can welcome them with open arms, with love and grace. So that's kind of what we're talking about. And, and you know, we mentioned fresh eyes a couple times. Maybe it's a good idea, if you're not able to, to invite somebody to come to your church uh, who's a Christian, maybe in a church go and just say, listen, can you just come and, and let us know what you think? And from be brutally honest. And be brutally honest. That's exactly right. That's a that's a good idea. Yeah. Well, a lot of these things we're talking about right now, Mark, are things we wish we would have learned in seminary. That's exactly and right. And if we'd have had a class on how to welcome guests and connect people to your church, I would have signed up for it and been excited yeah. about it, but we didn't. But right now, we want to hear a word about our, one of our sponsors here on the podcast. Hey, everybody. Thank you for taking a few minutes to hear about one of our partners. This week's episode is sponsored by Sanford's Ministry Training Institute. Sanford does a great job of equipping and helping local church leaders just like you. So if you are a pastor, an ordained minister, or a church member, you can receive some great training that's theologically helpful and just simply practical. It's affordable as well. Uh, They have 38 extension centers as well as access online. You can go to samford.edu slash go slash MTI to find out more about the courses they offer. You can receive a diploma in less than a year for less than $700. And one of the courses they're offering is about disciple making. So you can receive a diploma in disciple making, and it's a fantastic thing. So we encourage you to do that and we have a special offer for you who listen and watch to the pod, watch the podcast. You can get 50% off by entering the code in ALSBOM, A-L-S-B-O-M. So we encourage you to go to uh, Sanford's website, check out the MTI, the Ministry Training Institute, and see how they can partner with you and help you to lead and to be equipped better to lead in the local church. All right, so we're back in our conversation about things that we wish we'd learned in seminary but we didn't, about first impressions. And the next thing we're going to talk about that we wish we'd learn about first impressions is the things that people notice first when they show up on our campus. And that can be things you don't expect, yes, right? Absolutely. I mean, Usually things, things that uh, may be normal to you, it may stick out to others. Uh, there's tons of things that people are going to notice when they're first coming onto your campus, entering into your facilities. They're going to notice, are there signs? Are things clean? Is Are things safe here for me and my family? And one of the first things people notice is, do I feel welcome here? So, That's I right. mean, some of those things, let's, let's kind of unpack a few of those. Right. So, I'll start with the last one. Do I feel welcome here? I mean, what's your welcome team like? I mean, do you have one person in the parking lot and they don't see another soul until they show up in the worship center? Or, or you know, do you have strategically placed greeters and ushers and things like that? That is so important. I, I cannot put enough emphasis on having a fully staffed, and trained welcome team. So if your welcome team is sitting there talking to one another, boy, what kind of message does that send? Hey, you're an afterthought, right? So that is huge. Uh, Signage, Andy, Mm -hmm. signage is huge, right? When they show up on campus, do they know where to go? 
Literally. I mean, begin with parking. Do you have set-aside parking for those with disabilities? Do you have guest parking? And I would label that guest parking, by the way. Uh, there's a big big difference in using the language visitor and guest. So yeah. we want people to be our guests. Guest or newcomer, one or the newcomer. other. Yep. Yeah, so... But uh, do people have a place to park? Do they know when they park, how to get into the facilities? Once they get in your facilities, do they know how to get to where they need to go, whether it be to your sanctuary worship center, whether it be to drop your kids off for uh, the nursery or some type of child care or children's activities that you have going on? Do they know where the restrooms are? It's a pretty big deal. Uh, yeah, and it can be in a small facility or a large facility. It doesn't matter. It needs to be very, very uh, obvious. I That's mean, right. like maybe like overly obvious. Yes, uh, overly obvious is good. There's mm-hmm. a, there's no such thing as too obvious. And so, so yeah, I mean, people need to know if if they can kind of feel comfortable about navigating through your facility then that's going to kind of take a little bit of pressure off yeah. of them and, and ease their right. minds a little bit. And one of the first places, if you want young families and young kids coming to your church, one of the first places you want to have signage to is your children's area. That's right. And make sure that not only there's proper signage, but make sure that the parents are aware of the safety measures that you're taking. Absolutely. Uh, make sure in in some way that the the teacher leader or volunteer conveys for a first time guest that there's a way to check in check out kids that workers have background checks that there's minimal requirements like age and experience and training that that you know make sure people know that you are dropping your kids off in a safe environment so we right. have all of these requirements for children's workers and volunteers at our church also, we have a safety team, and, and mm. they will see those people walking around constantly. And it's very uh, assuring to a lot of people who have visited in a church when they know there's somebody going around and checking to make sure, you know, unwanted guests are not That's coming right. in at the, at the wrong time and that, that their kids are safe. Because the number one thing to guarantee a family will not come back to your church is if they don't feel like their kids are safe. That's right. Yeah, you could, you could absolutely write them off mm-hmm. if... If they show up and it's kind of chaotic and there's not any security or safety regarding yeah. their kids, look, this is 2021. This isn't 1985, right? And, and parents just refuse. They will not trust you with their children if they don't feel they're safe. Yeah, your, your praise team, your choir can just knock it out of the park. You can preach the best sermon you've ever preached. But if those parents are sitting in your seats in your worship center thinking about the safety of their kids, all that's just, I mean, they, you've just lost them already. That's right. So, A couple bonus tips real quick on, on some of those things we just mm-hmm. talked about. On safety and security, it's good to have a team. Probably not a good idea to have neon vests that say security with a big gun <laughs> on their side. Just saying, that doesn't really convey uh, security and safety. And on signage, if you have a sign that says pastor parking, here's the bonus tip. Go and rip it out and tear it down right now because that is a turnoff of any newcomer that shows up on your campus. Yeah, we encourage all of our people who are volunteers and leaders to leave area at the front uh, designated and undesignated for guests who show up. Uh, And that's one thing that I try to do. I I, I park probably as far away as anybody from the front door. 
I, I don't want that appearance that you know I'm zooming in and zooming out right. and all that kind of stuff. So so signage, parking, cleanliness. You know, you want your church to be clean. Now, obviously, if you have an older facility or you have limited resources to have upkeep, maintenance, and cleaning on your facilities, there's still ways to to get that done. Absolutely. I mean, you can have volunteers come in and help you, but, but I mean. Have things as as clean and as neat as you possibly can, week in and week out. And it makes a big difference. It's a huge difference. And look, you know, cleaning supplies and paint aren't that expensive. No. Okay, you don't have to build a new building. You can use cleaning supplies. You can use paint to freshen up things. So uh, one other thing uh, that I'm going to mention that really is important in terms of first impressions, think about when a newcomer shows up on your campus do they know what's expected next? Mm. So next steps. I think it's really important for us to clearly uh, communicate, whether it's in your worship guide, if you still do that, or if it's on your website, or if it's somewhere on, you know, on your campus physically, they know what their next step is, whether that is to connect with a staff member, or if they're making a decision for Christ, or to be baptized, or if they want to ki- check their kids in the next time they're there, or if they want to join a small group. Whatever it is, they need to know how to take that next step, or else we're just going to have people who are worship attenders only, yeah. or they just won't come back because they don't see the path forward in their faith. Yeah, that's that guest's next steps. But that's our right. next steps after somebody visits... It's crucial to contact them. If they left you contact information, that means they want to be contacted. That's right. So find a way to reach out to them. If the best way possible is if they were invited by someone in your church, have those people reach out to them first. Let them know they were glad of their or whatever. Then pastor, staff member, deacon, somebody like that, reach out to them also. Let them know. And in that conversation, invite them to return. And invite them to return in a very specific way. Not just... return to come and worship, but like you mentioned, invite them to come and be a part of a small group. Uh, Let their kids come and be a part of the children's activities and ministries you have going on, uh, or to make some kind of connection. Invite them to coffee or lunch or something like that, because there's a pretty high percentage of people who return to your church if they feel like that that invitation is specifically for them absolutely in a specific way they can connect with someone or a family in their church it's huge if it like andy said if they give you their information not only do they expect to be contacted if you don't contact them again what are you communicating Mm -hmm. and so i think it's huge and there's lots of ways to do that you know contact them in the way that meets your context if that's via text or email or phone call or visit to their house, whatever that looks like mm-hmm. in your context, that's what, that's what you need to do. Um, I would say it could be a letter or a handwritten note. Uh, what I've found is in, you know, in our day and time, text is king. I mean, text is huge. And so yes. almost everybody that, that comes to our church um, wants to be contacted by text. We ask that in our Connect card, digital mm-hmm. Connect card and mm-hmm. paper, and they want to be contacted by text, and that's kind of how we use it. We also use a service. Uh, there's one level that's free, and then you can pay for it. It's called Clearstream, and uh, you can ask people to respond that way in your service. And so we just started doing this. There's a number they can text with a little code, and it, it brings up a whole system of prompts. So they give us the information. They sign up for things or make a decision right there. We had somebody uh, this past Sunday uh, recommit their life to Christ and ask about baptism through that whole texting That's thing. Awesome. And so absolutely follow up. Follow up is huge. And, and if you don't have a process to follow up, maybe it's time to 
to develop that, that process. Yeah. I think everything we've talked about today is very, very important. I mean, in seminary, you have great people who pour into you and invest in you to pastor and lead and teach well in the church. And a lot of times, things like this, we just have to learn by experience. That's right. um, and what we would like to do is help you. So if you want help with some of the th- these things we've talked about today, reach out to us, contact us. Uh, we'll have our, uh, our email in the, the show notes for you to be able to reach out to us and, and contact us if we can help you uh, with, with next steps, with uh, ways that you can reach out and uh, get in touch with your guests or prepare your people or your facilities for, for those guests. But I can, I can make this statement with certainty, okay? If you do not pray for and plan for guests in your church, you're not going to have any. That's right. I would be surprised if you have any. Let me put it that way. So praying for and planning for guests is a vital part of your ministry in your local church. Absolutely. If you don't expect and plan for guests, uh, you may have some, but they're not going to come back. <laughs> I can tell you that. Uh, we've we've got to expect them. And look, maybe you're, you're listening to this, you're watching this, you're going, we haven't had a guest in six weeks. We'll prepare for them. Yeah. Because when they do show up, and they know you expect them, man, that, that speaks volumes. Yeah, I mean, do simple things like if you have announcements or a welcome time at your church, treat it every single time you get in front of them that somebody is watching or listening or sitting in your worship area and they're a guest. So if you treat it like that way, then your people who are your regular backbone of the church who are there every time, they're going to kind of b- begin to... To, to let that sink in and realize, hey, we're planning for and praying for That's right. guests to be with us. So, and, and kind of part of that as we close, um, you know, we believe your sermon content is certainly important, Absolutely. obviously, because we're not there just to attract a crowd. That's right. We're there to preach the gospel and make disciples. But in your sermon content, address newcomers. Mm-hmm. And, and because just what Andy said, when you address newcomers, they go, oh, he's preaching to me. He expected mm-hmm. me here. But also your people, if you preach to newcomers and you mention them in your sermon and you don't have a newcomer in the building, your people are going to go, oh, okay, I see what he's doing. Mm-hmm. I see. We need, to, we need to have newcomers. We need to expect newcomers. And it changes the whole culture of that welcoming atmosphere in your church. And this is not just separate from or a compartmentalized issue we're talking about. It flows together. It goes right in the middle of your church's process and strategy for making disciples. Right. So one of the ways we intentionally make disciples is we intend to move people from being that guest to being connected to our church and committed to Christ. And then they're, they're able to, to grow and serve and, and then they can reach out make disciples. and invite guests to be with them too and, and make That's disciples. Right. So. That's right. So we hope this is an encouragement to you. We hope this helps you. Maybe it struck a nerve. Maybe it, it you know, got you thinking and you're brainstorming. Even now as you're watching and listening to this, we, that's our, our sincere hope. And so uh, we hope you have been encouraged and equipped uh, to better lead in the local church. And so we thank you for joining this episode. Yeah, we encourage you to pray for and plan for guests even now in the midst of a pandemic. You That's can right. have those guests joining you in person or online. That's right. And God wants to uh, to use your church to reach those people. So let us know how we can help you. Yes. And we appreciate you watching and listening. See you next time. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode of the Church Leadership Podcast. Don't forget to share, subscribe, and even review our podcast on your favorite podcast listening app. 